my controller is very far away from my hand right now. Where are you? Ah, uh, there you are. Where is it? Where is the other controls going? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Porch Factor. Porchfactor.com. We are chilling like, like legitimate villains. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Drew's about to be a villain. <laughs> anyway, I am Ron. I am Drew. And we are back this weekend having fun. It is apparently hot as fuck in De- in Texas. And over the past yeah. week, it's been hot as fuck in D.C. It's a dry... I, when they, it literally is a dry heat, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Man, you know, it, it, it's hot as a motherfucker outside right now. I always laugh. Uh, somebody that says... Uh, promoted on reality. I blow my ass. Could lick my actual taint. Anyway, um, uh, yeah. I mean, it was. You know, I always laugh, and people are like, "Oh, but it's a dry heat." I'm like, "Yeah, so is an oven." Yeah, so is an air fryer. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, it's been a week. Mm-hmm. You know, when uh, we had that that series of adulting things that, yeah. that kind of put the kibosh on the show for a little while, we always laugh because we're like, okay, it has been, it's one of those that we really can't even do the show just weekly. We almost have to do it every other day with how much yeah. shit changes in one week. It, it, it's like, I used to look at Rush Limbaugh, I'm like, how the fuck do you fill three hours a day, five days a week? And I'm just like... Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shit happens like that. Are you? Uh, and then you're saying, "Well, you need to do more shows because you're missing shit." <laughs> like, <laughs> when do I have the time? I work eighty hours a week. I wish. <laughs> I do. I'm like, all right. I'm looking to build a road rig. So that I can take it with me when I'm flying. So I'm like, okay, on a layover. Hey, Ron, you doing anything tonight? Yeah, let's do a quick show. Let's do a, you know, an hour and a half or two hours or whatever. Right. And I can set shit up and just do it in my hotel room. And we can and hope do the that. hotel Wi-Fi doesn't just go. Dude, I'm all about that because then we can do it for like just the shit lords. Yeah. And if you're listening to us for the first time, to be a shit lord. <laughs> all right. Mm-hmm. Right now, if you are just popping in and you've never listened before, you've never interacted before, even if you listened a couple times and you don't interact, you are what is known as a lav attendant. Mm-hmm. Lav, like lavatory, bathroom. Lavatory. A you bathroom attendant. The, you, you pump the shitter. Yes. And holy shit, my, my microphone is losing its fucking the fuck are you doing god damn. <laughs> well, ron's always arguing with his equipment every time <laughs> goddamn expensive microphone making buzzy noises not fun like, no anyway, bueno no bueno at all yeah so, meanwhile, my 200 or 180 dollar whatever the fuck it is audio technica it's like <laughs> yeah my equipment's a little uh excessive in comparison <laughs> a little more professional in comparison really <laughs> why am i green do oh, I you look have the thing green? No, it looks normal. You get the red light on in the background. You got a little bit of a blue light there. I'm just now like, look at my face. It's got green tint to it. I didn't notice. Oh, well, that's because I'm a camera operator. So I'm kind of like, 
<laughs> the fuck's going on with my video? Right, no, okay, are these the red berries that taste good, or are these the red berries that are poisonous? <laughs> <laughs> ah, there we go. <laughs> Ron's turned his studio into a Pink Floyd show. God damn it! I over <laughs> fuck boy. I mean that'll work. Oh, it's because of the exposure. Yeah. <laughs> Ron fiddles with the settings every time. The thing is like, all right, set it, tape it down, and just leave it. <laughs> you know, I would love to, and you would think it would let me do that, but yeah. it doesn't. Because that, that's it's what I do. I mean, mine's easy. I have a lot less stuff to manipulate on my end, but it's literally just, okay, press the two buttons on the USB <laughs> hub to turn on the webcam and turn on the microphone. Drive. The also has the headphones. Drive. And gas, gas. Go. Go. Yes. That would be nice. But no. Anyway, okay. oh, as I was saying, of Dragon hold Wagon. on. Okay, hold I'm, on. Let me finish the promo about being a shitlord. Sorry. <laughs> Shitlords. All right. So you're a lab attendant. You pump the shitter. Now you've actually graduated to saying something to us, sending us a message on the website chat or, or whatever, commenting on things. Cool. Awesome. You are now a stoop kid. Porch factor. Stoop of a porch. You're sitting on the stoop with us. You're a stoop kid. To graduate fully is to join by doing the $10 a month thing. And no, we don't do that nine ninety nine thing that fucks with your Just brain. And it's numbers. like, oh, it's cheaper because it's not $10. Eat my balls. It's $10. Round numbers. What the fuck is a penny anymore? Right? Oh my God. <laughs> so $10 a month, you get to be a shitlord and you get a lot more show. You get double the amount of weekly show. And obviously what we're talking about is to make it even better, even more than that. Double shock power. Shock power. Double shock power. Body. Shock the body, body. And yeah, so graduate to be a shitlord. Go to the, the website and click on the big shitlord logo right at the very front, right at the top. And you can be a shitlord and you can hear the second half of this show and more shit to come later. You Promo over. Go for it, Drew. <laughs> okay. About Dragon Wagon. I was listening to, I want to say it was Lithium. And it was some dude who was hosting. It was just the other day. And I swear to God, he's, he's like, yeah, he's got names. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's the baddest Latin in Manhattan. And I'm sitting here going, you're a grown man with a name that rhymes. rhymes? <laughs> Why don't you fucking call yourself Dragon Wagon? <laughs> <laughs> Because nobody's nobody's allowed to, uh, you know. Holy crap! Nobody's allowed to. I turned into Yimmy behind the wheel of my car. Like, you're a grown man with a name that rhymes. <laughs> break a break a footed dragon wagon. <laughs> mm. We were talking about Opie and Anthony, ladies and gentlemen. Opie and Anthony with continued guest, Mister Jim Norton. Comedian, little guy, goofy boy, very strange, but very funny. He cruises prostitutes in Manhattan. Forty <laughs> <laughs> third Street down to Twenty Eighth Street, circle for four hours home. Go a month, <laughs> go on, a month a on a gallon. Gallon of gas. Gas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fuck it. We'll just play it. Damn straight. <laughs> God, we always do <laughs> this. Ron's too. gonna go dig it out on YouTube. <laughs> After we told all the fucking good lines from it, though. 
Well, at least you'll uh, you'll you'll understand what we're saying uh, when it comes up. Baddest Latin in, in Manhattan, and I'm just like, <laughs> dude. About <laughs> break a break of the dragon wagon. Dragon wagon. Uh. Okie dokie. Got it. Change browser. And view and go. You know what you should do, sir? Before you right after you call XM, you should drink a fifth of old granddad and then drunk drive into a schoolyard. No one cares about you or if you're offended. Block the channel, stupid. It's an XL channel. You can block it. That's why XM has that. You need to F you. That, that's what you need to do, okay? I'm hanging up. Good, hang up, cancel XM, and drop dead. Let's not go that far. All right, don't cancel. <laughs> don't don't cancel go listen, XM. Go to listen to XM Kids or something. Yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's the wrong thing to say in front of Eric Logan. And, and this guy, now he's listening to himself. He he'll be listening. Listen, I'll go into Sirius Radio. Good, go to Sirius Radio. There's a fucking dog for the 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 thing. They stink. You, you're gonna have to drive a truck to have Sirius. Throw it in the back of the truck. You fucking hick. Die! <laughs> see, see, get in front of me and I can run you over. Why don't you fucking blow your nose before you call a national radio show, you crank-doing jerk-off? And he doesn't even have the balls to say, fuck you. We're uncensored, pal. You can say, fuck yeah. you. I don't believe in that. You don't believe in that? You're a liar and you're a no. failure. No, I'm not a failure. Yes, you I'm are. A, I'm an over-the-road truck driver. Why don't you have your fucking sinuses fixed? Yeah, all truck drivers are over the road, stupid. They don't go through lawns and pools. Break up, break up for the dragon wagon. Is that his name, Dragon Wagon? Dragon Wagon, you got your ears off. Is your is your name really, dude? Is your name really Dragon Wagon? You're a grown man with a name that rhymes. What you don't understand, I'm out of here busting my ass for you guys, you people, to be doing your dumb radio show. What are you, how are you busting your ass for us, stupid? You're busting your ass to put food on your fat wife's table. We have nothing to do with it. Well, at least I got a wife, and I don't go to bed with another man like you. I don't go to bed with other men. If I was, I'd molest your children. What do you think of them apples, fat boy? <laughs> what are you going to do if we stop delivering our roads out of here and you don't have toilet paper to wash your nasty rear end? I don't need toilet paper. I hire prostitutes to clean it with their hands. <laughs> and my father was a truck driver, so I like truck drivers. It's you I don't like. No, you're, you're the type that voted for George Bush, aren't you? You're the type that... No, sir, I don't vote. I talk a lot of shit, and then I sit home on election day. That's the beauty of me. I'm the reason, you motherfucker, you drive a truck! I have a Saturn, I cruise prostitutes in Manhattan! You have fucking 80 gallons of fuel in your vehicle! I go a month on a gallon of gas! 43rd Street to 15th Street, circle for four hours, back home! What? Why don't you get a Toyota hybrid or something? Because they fuel running our fuel prices out. What do you? Why don't I get a hybrid? You're driving an 18 wheeler. Yeah, but I have to. This is a purpose, you know. It it's a purpose. purpose. But what are you talking about, dude? What the fuck are you talking about? You're not this man who's making a difference. If you died, some other fatso would sit right where you're sitting and go drive gas. Go. <laughs> Nobody would miss you. He could go home and fuck your wife. She wouldn't even notice it wasn't you. I will put you on my church's play playlist. You okay? do that. And then you should fucking hook it up to the church. I fucked that one up. Fuck oh. it. <laughs> you, are, you are rolling. You are rolling. Wow. 
without an error for the whole time. That's all right. I just couldn't think of the jerk reference real quick. Ah, Dragon Wagon got me. Dude. Oh, the old days of ONA, man. They were glorious. Series and XM were separate things. That's how long ago that was. Yep. They got they got a dog for the the thing. Oh, I miss those days. Oh, that you know, man. that is when I had XM. And I would have continued paying for XM that whole time, you know, if 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 it was like that. You know what I'm saying? Uh but once they stopped once they did the thing that they did for O and A, and then once they started replacing all the channels, the XL series stuff was basically gone. There was no talk. It was it was <sighs> You know, it's supposed to be commercial-free. Commercials. Yeah. Well, time. for talk radio, they kind of have to with the format. I mean, it's not like us where we're like, hey, we don't give a fuck about advertisers. And, we, you know, we take a break once an hour. No, they need to take a break like every 15 minutes. Well, um, yeah, for like their talk and stuff. Okay. And a lot, well, that's a lot, of, the, talking well, about. a lot of talk radio, say like, like Sean Hannity and Glenn Beck and others and stuff like that. Okay, they're, they're also doing the regular radio stuff, too. So they are doing commercials. But their commercials... Like when they when they simulcast on things like that, their commercials are usually just you know self promotion. Yeah, right. Or whatever their sponsors happen to be that at the time. Yeah, right, right. You know, it's it's not that terrible. But I'm talking about music. Like mm-hmm. I'm listening to one of the metal channels, and, and they, they start doing commercials. commercials. I'm like, y'all. Like the whole point of somebody paying you. Why am I paying to hear <laughs> ads? Yeah, unless it's talk radio. If it's music, why the fuck am I paying to hear ads? Right. I Dude, I've had this cough for yet. like. I was like, maybe I've been lucky, but you know. <coughs> I've had this cough for like three weeks now. It's driving me crazy. Oof. Anyway, yeah. Hmm. Uh, once they did all that, I was just like, now nah, I'm done. They had one of those free things where you could have it for, you know, like 90 days they or 30 days or whatever it is. Yeah. They I mean, let they, anybody yeah, they turn they turn your free, <laughs> they turn it back on for free every now and then. Like maybe once a year they'll do the 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 free free view or whatever the hell they call it. Right. Something like that. It's, oh yeah, if you got an old, you know, radio or whatever that you haven't used Listen in a while, in. you don't pay for your subscription, just turn it on, it'll work. Right. And then you're like I remember now why I don't listen to you. You know, it's really sad is that uh, it's kind of um, connected to our it's it's kind of connected to our, our populace and the people that we are in these days on demand. I mean, that that was a that was first world as fuck right there. Getting yeah. on demand back in the day. TiVo came along and all of a sudden people had, had tasted, you know, that greatness. It's like, oh, we don't have to put a tape in and do one. We can tape multiple things at once. We like, can oh, just, I could say, oh, I've got three things that are on in the same time slot that I like. And I don't have to worry about hooking up like three VCRs because, you know, who the hell does that? Reasons. Like, oh, I have the VCR in the living room taping this show and the VCR in the bedroom doing this. I'm like, you don't have to do that shit. It's like, oh, psh, 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 done. Oh, you Record forgot. You forgot the sound. I never had TiVo. We just had, like, we just had like whatever the DVR they called it was for like uh, was uh, when we had DirecTV. We were living mm. in Palm Coast because mm-hmm. I don't. It wasn't TiVo. It was it was their own thing. Yeah, it was their own built-in shit. 
Yeah, but TiVo almost became like Kleenex, where it was like the the brand name that right. became the go to name for whatever something is. It's Kleenex, Xerox, etc. It's like, oh, I'm gonna go Xerox that. I'm like, yeah, you're using a Canon, not a Xerox. <laughs> yeah, it's really uh, you know you gotta love the fact that you did that as a as a company. You know, yeah. okay, you're a, you're this company and you did this and you've made billions of dollars and you can go live off in the middle of a fucking rock just hanging out in the ocean somewhere. You know, it's great. However. You also changed humanity. Yeah. People the world over do that. It isn't just an American thing. You know, it's it. Fuck, dude. Like, think about Elon. Yeah. Everyone on the planet that is connected to anything knows Elon Musk. Yep. And knows a lot about Elon Musk synonymous with with humanity yeah and he's doing it polar opposite of the way that the original tech gods did and no one remembers who people like uh uh, um um help microsoft um Bill bill gates steve jobs died people forget who steve jobs is no one knows who steve wozniak was yeah and there was a third guy who co-founded Apple with both of the Steves who sold off his one-third stake for like $800. And he'd have as much money as Elon right now if he hadn't sold up 45 years ago. Like, it, it's like uh, in Breaking Bad, where Walter White talks about, oh, yeah, I co-founded this company, you know, with a couple of my friends from college or whatever, and I sold off my shares for like 500 bucks. Yeah, because I didn't think it was going anywhere, and I needed the cash. And basically, it's five hundred bucks. Like, okay, like a, a mortgage payment or a couple trips to the grocery store, and that's it. And then he's like, "Oh yeah, that company worth about three billion dollars now." Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah," and that was one of the things that always pissed him off, and it was the chip on his shoulder for the rest of his life. And they put it, that in as part of his character, where he's like, "All right, making enough money to." take care of my kids and my wife and my family after I'm dead from cancer. No, that's not enough. Fuck that. I need to make a hundred million goddamn dollars making meth. Yeah, and eventually crazy. he's like, all right, um, literally I've got an entire storage unit at the, you know, the, the, the deal full of cash. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I can't, there's no way we can launder all this. Okay. This is, I might as well just stop. Cause what's the point at this point? Yeah. <laughs> Two crazy things about the money thing. One, we were at a party earlier today. Um, and we were talking to, you know, just commiserating basically with people about the area that we live in and how it is. The boon has been real. Like my city used to end at my street. Yeah. Now my city extends 15, 20 miles past that. And it's full of houses and businesses and townhomes and apartment buildings and all kinds of stuff. So we were talking about that. We were talking about what we remember about different streets and stuff. Well, the lady was talking about when they were talking about moving from Massachusetts, Boston, I think, somewhere in there, um, down this way. She did. They decided not to move in the first place because their mortgage would have been triple what it was where they were in Boston. Their their mortgage was eighty dollars. Yeah. $80 a month. Holy f- what? You can't yeah. get a car payment for that little. Oh, hell no. 
It's like, I was like, I, I can't recall ever seeing a car payment that fucking low. I think she said this was in 1960-ish time frame, so I'll just put that. I was going to say, yeah, they had to have paid it off, but I think it's 30 years. It's like, yeah, it's... Equal to today, that's uh, about 800 bucks. Yeah, I'm which like, is still quite reasonable for a mortgage payment. Dude, mine is almost three times that. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, when you think about inflation, you see something. We've talked about this before on the show. When you see some things like the the gallon of milk is two thirty or two forty or whatever it is right now. Well, you look at the inflation, and yo, know, I remember when it was like eighty cents or you know something like that. I was like, yeah, but adjusted for inflation, they cost the same. Production. Everybody's freaking out about gas prices. Like, oh, they're gouging. They're you know price gouging. They're profiteering. I'm like, nope. Their profit margin is still the same as it's always been. Oil um, companies are doing record amounts of business. Uh, uh, true and not true. So when when the gas prices hike, you notice they hike up way faster than they hike down, right? Of course, because of the cost of a barrel and you know. Eat, eat my dick they then stay there and trickle down a little bit oh my gosh it's so much better we went down 20 cents a gallon oh my god it's great and everybody's happy they can just leave it there and suck profit for years at that point well then somebody comes in you know business wise or government wise or something like that and they're negotiating and doing this thing and all of a sudden that obvious desire to have their gas prices that high is is kind of posted for everybody to see and they drop so two years ago it was the average in the u.s was like a dollar 70 a gallon yeah okay and the companies still made profit of course in two years it didn't go from a profit margin of this to that. Their profit margins are based on based on support, not supply mm-hmm. and demand. So the difference in the gallon of gas or, or you know the barrel cost or whatever really didn't change all that much in two years. But their prices quadrupled. Yeah. So that has nothing to do with supply and demand or inflation or anything like that. That's them price gouging. Then you got people that have the government actively telling them you can't drill. You can't build pipelines. Oh, absolutely. But they're still making stupid amounts of money. Yeah. Instead of we're always going to have to buy their product because there is no alternative to it. They've figured out, hey, this is a product everybody wants. Everybody needs. I think yes, I think we we're can, yeah, arguing we things to like we're talking about two different things at the same time. It seems I'm talking about the amount of profit that they make. Yeah, even the when dollar the dollar amount yes is huge. It is it's absurd. It can yes. suffer a little bit and then be awesome, and then suffer but and then what be is awesome. The dollar amount relative to the amount of overall revenue. Revenue what is doesn't the profit relative to the total revenue. But How much of their total revenue ends up going to profit versus cost? What's the percentage that actually goes to profit? That's the profit margin I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And and, and most definitely, I mean, if their profit margin is still 40% or some no, crazy... No, it's nine. Nine. 
yeah, dude. All this shit has to be declared by the SEC and the IRS. It's not like they've got secret revenue streams and off-the-book stuff. Every bit of it has to be declared. They're major corporations, bro. They get audited every day. Yeah, but I have trusted audits like that at zero for 20 years of my 37 on the planet. Those audits are coming from the government. The same government that's accusing them of price gouging. And the same government. Wouldn't they have evidence of that through and these the, audits? And the same government that gives them the, 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 the benefits that they so enjoy. They go to the bat for them. stands in the way of them producing the product that they sell. Yeah, but remember, they can be against war and go to war at the same time. Yeah, but except in this case, you can't legally drill a hole in the ground and get the oil out without government permission. Which is also fucking dumb as shit. But anyway. Exactly. But <laughs> my point is the government is saying you can't drill this hole in the ground. So the holes that you have drilled eventually will run dry. And if you can't drill new ones, the supply is not going to increase. Most of our supply doesn't come from here, though. Even the stuff that does. We were energy independent two and a half years ago. We actually exported more energy than we needed to bring in. Yeah, but we not produced so much to oil and gas that we actually had more than we needed. Natural gas. Natural gas, yes. But oil gasoline, and gasoline. Gasoline. Yeah. Oil gets the into gasoline. I, I understand that. My point is, is that we were still receiving the vast majority of our shipments from the Middle East. With our oil to make gasoline at the amount yeah. of re- amount of uh, uh, volume that we needed to do, we weren't and because we were adding to the supply on the market. The price was going down. Right, we were adding absolutely. We were not energy independent. Oh yes, we were. <laughs> yes, I'm going to need some. Were. I'm going to need to see some shit about that. You don't have to do it now because okay. we're obviously in the middle yeah. of a radio show, but. I want to see some stuff about that. That was a well-known and well-established fact two and a half years ago. All the news media was reporting it, and reluctantly so. I'm yeah, we're talking two and a half years ago before the world went completely apeshit. Yeah, two and a half years ago when everybody was uh, lighting everything on fire and, you know, no, black Two and a half saying, years ago is before the craziness started. The craziness started two years ago. I'm talking the very beginning of 2020. Yeah, that that was during riots, not during the the Rona. Not in January, Ron. The riots didn't start until May, dude. The dude who got kneed by the cop didn't die until Memorial Day. Of 20? 2020. Google George Floyd death. May of 2020, late May. January of 2020, the world was normal, dude. There was no pandemic you know, going crazy yet. The riots weren't five months in the future. God damn it. There you go. Okay. So the, like I was, okay. March and say, this is 2020. I was thinking the other thing was in 2019 is when it all, no, when 2019, it all kicked off. The world was normal then, dude. The craziness <laughs> didn't start until March of 2020. Normal. <laughs> well, uh, I was like, there, yeah, there, the there wasn't COVID, lockdowns. There wasn't riots. There the wasn't COVID, all this crazy shit. The COVID lockdown started in March. March. Yep. And then the riots started at the end of May. 
So January 2020, two and a half years ago, before everything went apeshit. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I definitely want to see this <laughs> this energy independence thing. Okay. Be- <clears throat> because if they had shut down anything, we would have been raked over the coals. And the country would have stopped functioning just like it did back in what the uh, 70, whatever, when the, the, um, when the oil shortage happened at 73 all. Yeah. and 79. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what our country would look like. And the difference between now and then though, is when the amount of murder that would occur. If that same thing happened and there was lines down the block 15 miles long to get gas when you can only get like two or three gallons because they were being rationed. And you could only do it based on what uh, your license plate was. I think right. Even versus odd numbers at the very last digit or some shit. Exactly. And now we all have, uh, you know, a lot of us have have vanity plates. The fuck are you going to do on this one? Oh, the worst times. But if they did that now, there would be mass executions at the gas pump we were a net exporter of energy two and a half years ago but here's the question were we independent meaning if the the pipes had all been shut down to us no one's shipping nothing we're the only ones making it could we have supported our entire own country on that or would we just adding to it to bring down the cost because now we're an exporter were we exporting because we had enough to do our all of our own shit and we had made the 100 switch over to our own exporter yes we were importing but we were exporting more than we imported but okay we're exporting more than we are importing so that means everything that we were using for our production of of energy and usage was all coming from homegrown that's what we're saying. We were able, yeah, we were exporting more than we were importing. So if the imports shut off, we would have been able to sustain ourselves. Yeah, that's what I want to see. Because yeah. that that right there, that we're that sitting would... on a two hundred year supply of crude oil right now. Those are just proven reserves that they've already found. They're finding more constantly whenever they get a chance to explore. In but Con- the government is not letting them explore right in now. CONUS, or are we talking more like the the pipelines Conus, that dude. go from like Canada and shit? CONUS, dude. Mm. Yeah, off the coast of our coasts and on American soil, two hundred years supply of proven reserves of crude oil right now. So why the fuck are we not just doing that? Because of the idiots in charge. Bingo. That's what I was getting at with the whole beginning of this. The government is not letting us take care of ourselves because they have an ulterior motive. They got to suck everybody's dick. Yeah. They They got got a whole bunch of people who've given them money over the years and are friends of theirs who have business ventures in renewables and green energy and this and that and the other thing. And gender studies. Well, that's it different discussion we're talking about energy at the moment it's like yeah that's well i I mean it's all tied (laughs) it's all tied they have these programs and then they they need money for this they need money for that and they want to hide it through this 
really you're going to use that money for gender studies my fucking taint you're going to do that you're, you're going to use that shit. you're laundering that as fuck also foreign aid that's another fun thing that they use to launder money right you really think 40 billion dollars is going to ukraine and everything is actually going to be spent properly fuck no it ain't fuck no matter of fact the last president who asked hey uh is all of this money that we're giving you on the level and actually going where it's supposed to they impeached the guy for asking the question correct that's right folks (laughs) somebody dared to ask hey is everything on the level and they tried to run him out of town that's what they do yeah they got a whole bunch of people who are up to no good. And these are people who have powerful friends, people in the media, people who have deep pockets and a lot to lose. You notice every time, ladies and gentlemen, and look at our history. I know we're trying to delete history so that you, you don't learn about this stuff. But the, the presidents that we've had that have righted the wrongs. Or were attempting to right the wrongs, with the exception of one, all of them have either been assassinated or attempted to be killed or impeached. Now, yeah. the one that got impeached and like actually did actually dip set, that yeah. one that one was him. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna Nixon go ahead. was in the process of being impeached. Yeah. He saw the writing on the wall and said, Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, like later, guys. You know, yeah. yeah, he he his okay. But that Trump starts doing those things. Oh, yeah. Trump starts him. asking questions. John F. Kennedy is riding the yep. ship and he was pissing the military off on a daily fucking basis because yep. he was able to spit word art and fix shit. So they killed him. Yeah. Fucking. They yeah. were even all. Yeah, there's like, Google a thing called Operation Northwoods, ladies and gentlemen. This is something yes. the Pentagon cooked up in 1962. The idea was they wanted to create a series of false flag attacks and other things that could be blamed on Cuba to justify an invasion of Cuba. And then and Kennedy when, got a Kennedy. Yeah, they brought this to Kennedy because they needed presidential approval for this, and Kennedy said, "Fuck no." Yeah, and, and they were trying to go and they were they were trying to kill him because of his dad. Right, Daddy Kennedy and the whole Bay of Pigs bullshit. Right, I think the Bay of Pigs is actually put in play, uh, put in motion by uh, under the Eisenhower administration. It was Alan Dulles over at the CIA, and I think a couple other guys who were actually running the show. And Kennedy just didn't have the stones to stop it before it actually happened because I think it kicked off what in April of '61, something like that. It was right around the time that the space race was going nuts, and that's one of the reasons they hurried Al Shepard into into space. Yeah, this is all spring of 61, I think, was when the Bay of Pigs went down. Well, my beauty, or the beauty of uh, of him being there, especially like, you know, the Cuban thing, they're trying to go in, he's blocking the hell out of it, and they're pissed off. Then the 13 days situation happens, and they're like, mm-hmm. okay, now there are nukes in yeah. Cuba. The we Russians are putting nuclear missiles on Cuba that can literally hit New York. Yeah, from there. They can hit pretty much from all, there. Yeah, there's something they can hit all the way to Seattle. Just Seattle, about. exactly. Um, uh, the SS fours, they're, they're big boys. Could they make it, they can make it all bigger ones in there too. It's like the the SS fours were the first ones that they found and they started adding more of them and more capable missiles that we started finding that they'd put there. Like, Oh shit. We all about to be, uh, dead. 
So yeah, it's like, okay, this is now a, a literally it can turn the key from launch to impact in less time than we would have to be able to react and actually do anything to respond. Correct. They could decapitate the U.S. government in a, in a sneak attack. A few and minutes. Achieve that in a few minutes. Yeah. Minutes. The president wouldn't even have time to get to Air Force One over at Andrews Air Force Base to try to fly out of town before the warhead went off. Minutes only. Yeah. That's what you would have. You had minutes, but. Again, word art between him and his brother and his, uh, 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 um, what you call it? His, uh, presidential assistant and a guy. Oh, that, yeah. Kevin Costner. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, he <laughs> played him so fucking well. I love that movie. <coughs> and a person that I'm actually related to, Adlai Stevenson, Stevenson, the ambassador to the UN. When he did his thing in the UN and everybody was like, they oh, got that. Here's the proof, guys. <laughs> they were talking to somebody who was in the UN from another country, side by side with somebody who was one of Adlai's uh, uh, assistants in the UN at the at the time. Young assistant, like twenty something assistant, still around. They were doing an interview with them, and they were saying, "Yeah, that movie, Thirteen Days. Yeah, it did a damn good job. That was about the reaction that you got in the actual UN the the yeah. center when he started dropping that bomb, and everybody's like." Hey guys, let me show you the pictures that we took of all the shit that we're talking about. Russia's like, well, what do we do? You just say all this crap. And I'm like, nah, dude. Um, we got proof, and, and here it, it is. And it like down to the point. It it uh, it was Chile that gave up their time. Yeah, it was like you know, right back to you. I yield yeah, my and, time and on the floor I mean, yeah, it was for all the broadcast on TV at the time. Yeah, too, so, yeah. yep. It was nasty. So proud moment for uh, yeah. our family like, I guess. Like, yeah we ready to hit them if we need to yeah the, but, the amount of destruction is about to happen and it's going to be yeah glorious glorious it's going to be ugly and quick yeah yep 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 what the fuck is going on over here motherfucker try not to touch this oh no uh oh oh no now what my sister found a whole bunch of pictures. Oh, Jesus Christ. Hang on. I'm going to share this to our chat group so that I can pull it up for the listeners, <laughs> which is funny. The viewers, if you can't see this because you're listening to it as a podcast, uh, come to the Saturdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, and you'll be able to see what we're saying here. Don't say anything. I'm going to pull it up for the viewers. So... My sister used to work for the uh, NRA Foundation. Mm -hmm. And when she worked there, they would every once in a while have these these events where they did photo shoots to support something, right? Oh, good God. I'm seeing the picture now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the webs, or the, the um, what's we call it? The, uh, the magazine's called Insights. It's news for young shooters. So here it is, volume 20, issue 12, December of tw of 2000. Here's your boy you at 15, 15 years old. Yeah. Not quite 16 oh, yet. Uh, December of 2000. No, that would have been 16. So I was, I didn't, I turned no, you, 17 you 16 in, February. in February of 01, right? No. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. You are correct. 15. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's a 15 year old Ron. Once upon a time. Uh, long before facial hair. 
<laughs> I'm gonna say I'm trying to remember the last time I saw you without a beard. Yeah, dude, be a good damn. decade. Yeah, it's <laughs> damn. I don't even remember. I had to look at old pictures to figure out. Uh, but this right here, this is a a true to form flintlock rifle. And is that not a Springfield 1861 or? Oh, it might be. I don't know. Yeah, that would be a cap lock. Yeah. That oh, it was also a, on my yes, wish list. It like, was on a, it was a cap lock. Buy a musket. Yes, Jenny <laughs> wants one. That's one. what she wants is the next one. And she's upset that I got that M1. Um, the Yeah, so we actually did in this this uh, magazine, we did shots of how to load it and fire it. Yep. It was part of like, it was tra- safety training. Fuck you all, ladies and gentlemen. This was 20 fucking years ago, and their publications were about safety. A rifle that 99.999% of shooters were never going to own. But here is Ron, 15-year-old Ron, demonstrating demonstrating the safety aspects of this rifle. Suck my dick. Fuck you. (laughs) I think I was about 15. One of my friends in the Boy Scouts had, had one of those. And we did a camp out at one of the guy's ranches or one of the guy's friend's dad had a ranch or something out west of Austin. And we called it the Redneck Arcade camp out where all the dads brought their guns out and we all went out and did a whole weekend of shooting. So we like we're camping over, you know, in the woods over behind the, the ranch house or whatever. And then, OK, we had they had a big berm in one of the fields and that was our big target thing. And I got it. Yeah. And one of the guys had an 1861 Springfield rep, uh, uh, reproduction. Reproduction. And so was it rifled? Yes. Yeah. I so want correct 1861 Springfield that the Union Army actually did use in the Civil War. I want revolutionary muskets. Old smooth bores. Smooth okay. bores. Those those are gonna be hard to find. Yeah. I'm sure somebody 100%. makes them. Hundred percent. I'm sure I, somebody makes them. I, I almost want one that uh has just been, you know, maintained well. Uh, like a legitimate oh, one with a fortune. Oh, I know. You know, that's <laughs> one of those Kentucky rifle or an old brown best or something like that. Brown, like, yeah, yeah. Old 78 caliber, big monsters. Yeah. Yes. That would be awesome. Or <laughs> yeah, the one the, from the British army rifle. Yeah. Yep. That was it. That was it. I saw yep. one on, uh, 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 what's the, the gun eBay, um, gun broker, gun broker, gun broker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw one on gun broker. It was expensive as fuck, but as I was reading this guy, he's, he's kind of a dick about this. Because he brings it down to the very end of the description. So the price is high because it's a legitimate best. But all the way down at the bottom of the description is saying that the rifle is not certified to fire. Ah, it's display only. Display only. Okay. Like it probably still has all of its its parts that it needs, but the metal is fouled or the bands are fouled. Or the stock is fouled. I mean, you can replace the stock, yeah. but it's an original from, you know, yeah. <laughs> the 1700s. So, some years ago. Right. So, you know, 50 years ago, keep the original stock on there because fuck you, dude. You know, <laughs> that's the thing is, oh, I can replace that. Why you? And you're not going to turn it into a shooter. Right. Like, but yeah, that's the kind of thing you mounted above the mantle or somewhere in your house. It's in a great conversation piece. and It's a really cool decoration. It's the same as like my Moss 32, right? My French rifle that was pulled off the Viet Cong who no longer needed it. Yeah. I can't fire it. Barrel's great. It's the straps. The straps are failed. Uh, so if I fired it, it would, it would just, you know, just fall apart, <laughs> fall on the ground and probably cause 
damage to my face. Yeah. So don't shoot that. No. But I'm not going to go and replace everything on it. No. Because you're not turning it into a shooter. It's okay. It is now literally just a display piece. Hell, and I love how it's a uh, a French rifle that was only dropped once. By a dead guy. By a dead guy. <laughs> the French never Actually, used no, it. It was probably dropped more than that because the Viet Cong guy took it off the French soldier who he killed in yeah. the 50s. Yeah, and then it stayed in a box until they needed it. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, a whole bunch of French rifles in Vietnam. Yeah, those were probably taken from someone's cold, dead hands. I was actually, uh, podcast. God damn. Fucking hate, um, uh, whatchamacallit, so much. Um, um, Instagram. Mm. Yeah, I posted a thing on this. Remember rules are the, oh, that was from me. <laughs> um, talking about, oh, yeah, so fucking Trudeau, you know, Castro's son. Castro's bastard. He uh, uh, said that can- uh, Canadians should not ha- be able to have guns for protect for self-protection. Yeah. This is the guy who's the bastard son of the guy who literally confiscated firearms from every Cuban citizen his first week after taking power. By using the existing regimes, the Batista regimes, National Gun Registry. Literally, it was a shopping list for a tyrant and his minions to go door to door and confiscate every privately owned firearm in the nation. So they couldn't be used to stop his tyrannical revolution. What happened in the United States when the ATF was about to get kind of kibosh because nobody can decide why they needed to be there anymore? What happened? It's close to you. Are we talking? It was close oh, to Waco. you. Yeah. Yeah. Waco. Koresh. <laughs> this was a year after they completely shit the bed at Ruby Ridge. Yeah. They they needed Them a win. And the FBI. They needed a it win. Was, yeah. It was an ATF fuck up that turned into an FBI bigger fuck up. Epic fuck up. Yeah. 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 It was, and I uh, think as uh, Randy Weaver, uh, the guy from yeah. Ruby Ridge, I think recently passed away just a few weeks ago. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's mind boggling. Like, you know, the amount of people that were on scene that now they can talk about it because the amount of time that they needed to be the hush thing, you know, the the, the non-disclosure and all that stuff finally, mm-hmm. you know, kind of cleaned up about 10 years ago. Statute or something. limitations for all their misdeeds. Too. Exactly. These guys that are no longer in there, they're coming out and saying, yeah, we, we shot first. Yeah. You come out the front door. The the thing is the sniper (laughs) who killed Weaver's wife. Yeah. Is the same guy who was a sniper at Waco. Yeah. And this dude was firing into the building as it was burning. Yep. So what I want to know is I want to do a freedom of information act. You know, thing because yeah. they have to have documents on documents on it somewhere, and oh, they, they have do. to produce it. Is where the door is, the yeah. front door. So, for those of you who don't know, but assuming it didn't burn to a cinder, the second way it was a double door. Yeah, it was, okay. it was two doors at the front. Yeah, and they yeah. The other one was still there, and it was very lightly damaged, even though. Their tear gas and the fire mixed with the tear gas turned into like a 3000 degree fucking fire, right? Tear gas is highly flammable. The other door was still standing with 
pins still in the frame after the fire was finally done. And the bullets came in from the outside. That was one of the things yep. that they, you know, part of their surrender agreement that their lawyers negotiated with the FBI was, all right, they will turn, they will, you know, stand down, turn themselves in, et cetera. And the Texas Rangers are going to come in and secure the scene and preserve all the evidence. Right. Because they Not, didn't trust the FBI or any of the federal government to well, actually rightly who, and correctly do all of this. Well, then who got in there during that time when they weren't looking and stole the second door? The one that would have proven that all of the shots to the front door of the building Came were from, from the out to in. Yeah. And you can see that uh, if you looked at it, you know, be, to be able to do uh, forensics on it, you would 100% be able to show that there were was no GSR from the opposite direction. Nope. And that the strikes happened before the fire reached the door. Yeah. So you'd so be able to put a time days right before the fire happened. Right. But those doors are magically gone. My balls, they're in some fucking bunker. The FBI somewhere. did the smart thing and destroyed them. Are <laughs> so you kidding they me? They can't be found. They, they have them in so there. They can't be found. Oh, they have them somewhere. I guarantee you. Well, they, they seized them and then destroyed them. So they're like, hey, it doesn't exist. But you know them. They're going to use it as a, as a weapon at some point. So they have to put it in some bunker that no one's allowed to go into. And it's protected like Knox. I'm still trying to figure out how they could actually use it against any of the people there. All the people there were put on trial for various other things and the statute of limitations for whatever it's all other than murder. But even then, it's a whole bunch of them were charged with manslaughter and other things for the, the federal a couple agents, of AT, like four ATF agents who yep. were shot and in the, uh, or killed in the initial uh, shit on day one. Yep. After they started shooting the dogs and started shooting at everybody inside the building, and everybody's returning fire because they're rightly thinking, hey, we're under attack. Somebody's trying to kill us. I love that one judge uh, that was doing one of the first ones. And he was like, you know, he made a ruling before it even started. He was the only DA in the area. And he made a decision that he wasn't going to allow them to uh, utilize self defense as a defense. When I heard that, that one confused the fuck out of me. You have a, 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 a judge that can say you can't say this. Yeah. When You're the whole use point defense as a defense at your trial, you, this is a hearing, not yeah. a, you can tell me what I tell you. You can tell me, no, this is a hearing. You are just supposed to sit there and hear. And then make a decision based on what you heard. What the evidence has been presented. Okay, is this admissible? What will be allowed into the trial proper? All sorts of evidentiary and discovery hearings, etc. Before the trial ever kicks off. Yeah. As with every criminal case. Well, it, like, nope, you're not going to be allowed to use self-defense as a defense. Now, thankfully, going, he changed his words when the defense was basically... Not just poking holes, but igniting on fire. <laughs> everything the prosecution said, everything. Yeah, they're like, yeah, this is going to be absolutely the biggest slam dunk ever on appeal. And they're handing it to him at the very opening statements. They handed it to him. We're going to put a gun in every hand at the uh, uh, you know at the the compound. You know, oh, okay, including well, the babies. Thanks. 
I I mean that's that's gonna work for me. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, folks Fucking federal government idiots. don't trust them. It doesn't matter who's in charge, which party. You can't trust them. I want to come down to Texas, move down to Texas, and become a fat Dale Gribble. <laughs> it's really funny that you know over time everybody's like, oh, conspiracy theorists, conspiracy, and all the conspiracy, conspiracy theorists, theorists are just guys who figure it out sooner, right? And now so much of their shit is getting. I used to mock proven? Alex Jones twenty years ago. I thought Alex Jones oh, was yeah. the most unhinged nut job on the planet. Absolutely. Now I'm looking back, going, does this motherfucker have a time machine? Right. Jesus. You're just like, damn, that ended up being correct. Oh, that ended up being correct between them. And it was probably a conspiracy theorist who did most of the writing for the Simpsons. Because this (laughs) is getting kind of fucking ridiculous. Yeah. How many? I I love it. It was all through the pandemic and everything. It was like, oh, yeah, the Simpsons predicted this shit was going to fucking happen. Yeah. Holy shit. Even monkey pox. (laughs) Yes. They, they pulled the most random shit. I swear. It's not that the Simpsons found out, you know, they knew what was going to happen. It's that the government is watching, you know, like all, they're binging the episodes going, oh, we can totally do that. It's an idea. Jesus <laughs> or Christ. Funny shit. Okay. Was it, um, was it a family guy? Help. I'm trapped. Up. You have escaped from Kevin Spacey's basement. And Stewie <laughs> runs naked through the mall. And I'm sitting there going, actually, that, that was 20 years ago. You're and like, I'm like, oh. Seth, what else do you know, dude? This is getting fun. You, you know some shit. <laughs> it's like open secrets in Hollywood. Uh, and everybody's like, uh, yeah, and it's like shit that we used to think was crazy. Now we're like, holy fuck, how did they know? Yeah. Like, what else did they know? I mean, come on. <laughs> Seriously, though, President Trump, after he announced he's coming down the fucking uh, escalator with the signs and the people yeah. and the cameras basically all in the exact same spot. Get the fuck Somebody out watched of here. The Simpsons and said, we should do that. We're going to set this up. As a matter of fact, we're going to set the camera long before everybody comes in here. We're going to set the camera in the exact spot. They're like looking at a picture and going back and forth with the, the shot that they're getting is to make sure yep. that it's, it's perfect. Like, yeah, move it a little bit to the left, a little bit. Right, perfect. Down. Down. At, all right, cool. <laughs> and perfect. Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back. We'll be back, you sexy beast, with more on 7600 The Squawk. bit of disregard handful of complaints but i can't help the fact that everyone can see these scars i am what i want you to want what i want you to feel but it's like no matter what i do i can't convince you to just believe this is real so i go watching you turn your back like you always do face away and pretend that i'm not but i'll be here because you're all that i got A little unconfident Cause you don't understand To do what I can Sometimes it don't make sense I am what you never wanna say But I've never had a doubt It's like no matter what I do I can't 
the show isn't over so go get a drink sit down shut up and just wait while we pee So many buttons <laughs> and my ears not even all the way buttons. in yet i wasn't expecting the song to end when it did so i'm sitting here like messing with my phone and i looked up and i was like the song's over oh shit oops oops dead air it's all automated now <laughs> oh the old days of dead air and robbio losing his mind about dead air and it brushed <laughs> off to you Yes. Oh, you were like... Good thing, because the show that I did was a music show, so whenever I'd talk, I'd always have background music. Right. Like what we got right now. I'd have, you know, like low or whatever, but it's like, so even if I stop talking, it's not silence you're listening to. Yes. And oh... And it was just, it was like, it was weird doing a talk show, or it was like, oh yeah, we just like run out of steam for a little bit. I'm like, fuck, it's weird. And then he's like, (laughs) he would would say it, like we would stop and there'd be a little silence, and he's like... He's like, like, ooh, dead air time. I stopped giving a fuck. <laughs> the fucks were given were zero. Yeah, I ran out of fucks to give at that point. I was like, nope. <laughs> Linger longer. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Porch Factor on theporchfactor.com. I am Ron. I am Drew. And we are doing our thing. Drew. Got that motherfucking thing on us. That thing! <laughs> Drew. Yes. Sir. Uh, some major ching happened in my industry yeah. in the last 48 hours. You know, it's funny, you know, we were actually talking four hours because this dropped at 1030 p.m. last night was when the email went out from corporate, which never happens on 1030 p.m. on a Friday night. Yeah, no, those guys are all at home. And it's from the CEO. I actually looked at it. I'm like, the CEO sent out an email at 1030 last night. 
It's fucking that crazy. never happens unless it's really bad fucking news. Yeah. But no. You're like, oh, is, great. We're all fired. News gets. Awesome. <laughs> this is as good as news gets in my in my experience in this business. Holy shit. All right. So it's the, uh, the pilot shortage that Ron and I have been hearing about for 20 years. Oh, it's Since hit ahead. We started at Riddle is here. It, it It's very much here. On a new level. It's on a level that I was expecting to see, but honestly, before it got to this level, I figured absorption would have happened. Yeah. Before this kind of cash. Because the way the industry works for airlines, what we're talking about here is like, oh, yeah, industries. What industry is he talking about? The airline industry, ladies and gentlemen. The way it works is you got a couple of major air carriers like American, Delta, United, and they will outsource a lot of their flying to other airlines to actually do for them with smaller airplanes. If anytime you get on an airplane that doesn't have a middle seat, it is not operated by the company who sold you the ticket. If it says American Eagle or Delta Connection or United Express on the side of the airplane, that's not actually Delta American or United flying that airplane. Yeah. That is outsourced work to another company. And the name of that company is on the side of the airplane, but it's literally fine print. Right underneath y'all's windows. <laughs> underneath y'all's windows. So unless you're looking for it, and a lot of times when you're standing in the jet bridge, you can't see it. Right. And unless you're looking in the right spot while standing up, you know, looking through the big windows up in the terminal, you're not going to see it there either. Correct. I was even there. I mean, I was it's, talking it's about print. it. It's there as was, long as you read it. I mean, I was talking about it at the you. party today. As a matter of fact, I was talking about, you know, kind of talking about this with the, uh, you know, the family and friends and stuff. I was like, yeah, he works for Ron boy. And the guy looks at me kind of uh, fuck anyway. Um, <laughs> he works for this company and he's like, uh, Oh yeah. Uh, who's that? I was like, they're a sub carrier. Like, like there's a whole bunch of them. I said, nine times out of 10 when you're doing those short hops like from dca to to yeah. logan or something like that guaranteed you're on a, a, a smaller aircraft and that smaller aircraft is run by if one of these companies yeah, i think it's about half of all domestic departures oh for yeah airlines in the u.s yeah for the major carriers no yep. southwest doesn't have an outsourced no. carrier you'll never see you don't see a southwest express or a spirit connection or jet blue anything like that or jet blue connection or jet blue express or any of that stuff jet they blue do plus. all of their own flying <laughs> yes jet blue they do all plus. their own flying southwest is amazing it's like yeah southwest you're never gonna see anything but a 737 unless the planets align and they decide to start buying airbuses <laughs> no no i keep there's hearing a reason rumor. i'm just like no 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 that there is the a weirdest day on the planet there is a reason that i fly for uh southwest virtual and that's because i want my 738 fuck you <laughs> no max <laughs> no maxes Matter of fact, don't give me even one no of those. End no end ends. No. As a matter of fact, give me the 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 older clusters. I don't even want that fucking you know scimitar uh, 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 NGX. I don't want that shit. Yeah. Fuck you. The give me an, no, nope. no, no, no. Just the normal old up. Yeah. All normal ups. Seven three eight as they came off. That's all I want. You start giving me that other shit, I'm going to be like, fucking suck my taint. Oh, related. So anyways, okay, real, so real quick, back to, yeah. Real quick. Back. Related photo to that thing that we were talking about earlier. Uh, they sent me another photo. <laughs> oh, shit. And I opened it in the wrong place. So I can't share it with people. Stand by. Um, 
I was and talking sure you about turn it because I think you, 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 you yeah. need to rotate it. Yeah. And I don't know you're sideways. I don't know how to do that. Um, Can you do that on the page? There's got to be a way. Can I rotate this? Is there a rotate option? It might be under the same controls as cropping. If there's one of the, if there's that section of control available, not not on this one. Not on this one, no. Eh. Uh, there's just so run, download, run, forward. Stuff. There is a menu, but the menu is just like a Facebook menu. Oh, okay. Display. Dark mode for Dark Souls. That's it. Ah, oh, wish you could turn this. Whatever, we'll see it vertical. Anyway, yeah. so here is me, 18 years old, 2003. That was right before I ended up at Riddle. And there's my dad at, rough, at roughly the same age. I look a lot like Daddy-O. Yeah. <laughs> and there's my dad about, I don't know, 20 years later. And then... There's my dad, not too terribly long ago, with my mom. Rest in peace, mama. Um, and there's, you know, there's dad. So that's what I had to look forward to because of that. <laughs> Your dad in his the, the black and white photo kind of looks like a cross between you and Ashton Kutcher. Oh, that's a good, yeah, that's yeah, a good one. Like a cross between, yeah, you and Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. yeah. If we if we had a baby, it would look like my father. <laughs> <laughs> if you somehow managed to make that happen. Oh, Lord. Steve Jobs, that was the wildest thing. When Steve passed away, they showed, uh, uh, it was 10, 10, 11 years ago, however long ago uh, it was, and they showed the pictures of him back in the day, and I'm sitting there going, Jesus, he looks just like Ashton Kutcher. And lo and behold, when they immediately greenlight the biopic, who do they cast to play him? And I'm sitting there going, Kutcher. of course. Yep. Oh, damn. Yeah. Here's one sitting. Oh, God damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a perfect casting. Look at that one. Yeah, it looks they, just that like right him. There, that was the one that sold it. Is that get that or him holding the apple, the actual apple, the you know, in front of stand sitting in front of the computer or something like that? It was one of the pictures from way back in the day, from forty some years ago. And I was like, holy shit, he looks just like Ashton Kutcher. Or close enough. It's like, yeah, that'll work. Yeah. That's nuts. Give, give, yeah, give Ashton more facial hair, and that's him. It was so freaking weird. And the first time I saw it, I'm like, damn, dude, he looks almost That's like his crazy. brother. By the way, if you haven't seen that flick, see that flick. Because uh, there were two of them. There was, it was the one with Ashton. I think there was another one. It was Michael Fassbender who played him. Ashton. Yeah, the one with Ashton. Okay. Because, yeah, uh, it was called Jobs, released back in 13. Yeah, it was shortly thereafter. I think it was 2011, 2012, thereabouts, when Steve uh, passed away. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Here's a... I know. I remember I was living in Pennsylvania at the time. I was living in Bradford. I remember that much. Here we go. Here's the shot. Yeah. Promo shot from the movie. Yes. They recreated the picture. Yeah, that's fucking insanity. Yeah. You know, it's really funny looking at uh, at uh, Steve over there. And Steve's on the left, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at the, the cubicle that he's sitting in, I can smell this picture. <laughs> <laughs> Computers oh, 
Those used to have a smell to them. They did. They did. You would walk into a data center. Totally different. I remember walking into the computer lab at school. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, in the days, tons of IBMs everywhere. And then when I moved to Austin, all the Eans ISD had Apple. I'd never used an Apple product in my life. And I'm like, okay, how do I do this? It's like, I don't know what (laughs) I'm I'm touching. I know Microsoft Word backwards and forwards. What the fuck is, the hell is this? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what the damn thing is. <laughs> all we did on there was the the little teaching games that they did, and then uh, uh, we all died of dysentery. Oh yeah, Oregon Trail. That's all we did. <laughs> but yeah, when you go into these rooms, you can smell these rooms. Now these rooms are a little different than like as you're walking through the the data centers, right? With all the real to real tapes. Well. <laughs> So these had a had a smell because you could smoke in them, and then they tried to cover it up. So it always had that same it smells smell. Like my grandparents' house. No matter where you went, right? And <laughs> then the they have like I, the I real... always associated that with the smell of my grandparents' house. Whenever I was, I'd walk into there a house and somebody smoked in, I'm like, I, I'm at my man Papa's house. What, yeah. the, what the hell? <laughs> it's like, where, the, where am I? <laughs> where am I again? <laughs> I got a problem here. <laughs> um, when you go into a data center now, there is so much positive pressure. In a data center keep now because the dust out. keep the dust out and keep the air flowing to keep everything cool. So yep. in a data center, you have a cool aisle and a hot aisle, right? The hot aisle is usually the front of your machines, right? And they don't direct air conditioning and powerful air conditioning directly at it. They point it to the the, the cold aisle so that it takes the, the air that blows through your machine, exits the machine, you know, to keep the machine cool and takes that heat and says bye-bye to it with, with gale force winds. So you go in there and not only is it loud as fuck because there are air conditioning units running so hot that like, if you go and look at FLIR of a data center, the building is cold as stone. And then the machines on top of it are blazingly white. So you can see a data center on a FLIR camera. Like you can pick that shit out. Snow into the building. Exactly. (laughs) So the condensers on the AC are just like, I'm going to (laughs) die. I'm going to melt. So anyway, anyway, they didn't have that back then. They had false floors, right? Mm -hmm. And the false floors were for all their cables to run. Still have that in the big industry, you know, the big, the big portions of it, they're all false floors so that they have a spot for cables to run, especially power and network connectivity, et cetera, et cetera. Back then though, they were almost like the, uh, the same tiles that you get on the roof. Yep. But instead of made out of particle board, they were made out of plastic. So you're walking over these things and they give a little, even when I was doing it at like six years old, five years old, riding my big wheel through a data center in Northern nice. Virginia, <laughs> nice. I, I would be walking over and it would give just a little. And I always thought it was weird. I was like freaked out by the floor. Floors aren't supposed to do that. <laughs> the floors are supposed to be solid. Why is it moving? Yeah. Especially we got all these heavy computers sitting around. <laughs> so I looked like, uh, what's his name from the shining? Oh God. <laughs> Fucking driving. <laughs> Little boy. Yeah, picture this. It's a shiny, except you're riding around the fucking data center. Turn right. Go down that hallway. <laughs> I remember where my dad's office was, too. My dad's office was on the left-hand side as I'm driving down. The, and then you came up to a big old section of, of uh, what you call it, of um, 
storage boxes, right? And I would make that right, and it was a big long thing with a whole bunch of other ones where there was computers and, and tapes and stuff like that. And I'm just like doing that straight up shining roll, turned around, went back the other direction, didn't stop doing the legs back and forth. So the wheels kind of doing this a little bit. I mean, it looked just like the movie. I wish I had a camera shot behind me doing that. Steady cam following six year old Ron on a big wheel. Yes. Oh, it would be glorious. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think where the fuck were we? We were on our, we were on the airline business and we got, Oh my God. We got sidetracked. Yeah. So, okay, folks, um, <laughs> airlines, <laughs> Yeah, the big three, at least, outsource a lot of their flying. I think it's half of their domestic departures, at least that's what it used to be. I'm not sure if that number has gone down at all. Probably has a little in the years, in the recent years, five last five years or so. And the reason they do this is so that they can keep costs down. Because everybody complains about the cost of plane tickets. It's like, oh, yeah, this one's $10 cheaper to get me from, you know, wherever to wherever. And, oh, I'm going to buy that one. So it's always a fair war. It's always a price war. And eventually it gets to the point where, okay, this is as cheap as we can do it because this is the cost of doing business. And we have to stay in business. We're a corporation, not a charity. (laughs) So eventually you get to a minimum price. They're always looking ways to cut costs and keep the costs down. So they outsource a lot of the flying. They fly the small airplanes. It's like, okay, well, you need to have a second company operate this. Even if you own that company, it's still, in the eyes of the FAA, a second airline. Yeah. Which means you have to have another maintenance department. you got to have another training department. you got to have another set of schedulers, a set of dispatchers, and a whole and different pilots and flight attendants and everything else. And then you're going to need a second management team to run all of that. There are certain management positions that, by regulations, by law, they have to be there, which means you have to pay a second person at this other company to to manage this airline, which means you're going to have all this overhead. So in order to make sure you don't have cost overruns, you got to keep the labor costs down. Well, it worked for a while until eventually it got to the point where a whole bunch of people got fed up with how the airline business is, and they stopped flying for a living. You got a whole bunch of pilots who put a ton of time and effort and blood, sweat, and tears and money into getting into this career after doing it for five or six years, having to go through food stamp wages, having to move house repeatedly because bases would close. They'd get furloughed, left without a job. All these things, they they just get fed up with it, and they go find a different way to make a living. They go get an office job or something else. And it's gotten to the point where... A lot of those people are legally able to fly airplanes right now, but they don't want to get back in the game. They don't want to jump in off the sidelines anymore. And the idea of, oh, keep the cost down. Well, that meant pilots and flight attendants and mechanics and everybody else had to get paid less at the outsourced carrier than the mainline major carrier would pay their people to do the same job. It's not the same employer because in the eyes of the law, it's a different company. Right. So that whole, oh, yeah, you're paying this person to do this, this much to do this job, and this other person half as much to do the same job. How are you doing that? Oh, yeah, because it's not the same company. Legally, yeah. it's a totally different deal. Especially if you have, like, government contractors. I mean, I, I'm in IT. I've been working with government, government contractors for the last 10, 12 years. But if you have a, a, a company, I used to work for a company called ASM Research. And ASM Research is now owned by... Um, Oh my God, I used to work. It's been so long since I worked there, though. Uh, God, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, and that's going to drive me crazy. 
but uh, owned by a company in Ireland, like a tech mm-hmm. company from Ireland, which was awesome because, you know, I was like, hey, if a, jo- if a job ever opened for the master company and I had to move the Emerald Isle, I- let's roll. <laughs> Ron's like, I can do that. I can totally do this. But like me working for a company headquartered in Texas. Yeah. I live like, 15 minutes from headquarters of the company where I work. Yeah. It's beautiful. And I'm based in DFW, but the company is headquartered here in Irving. It's actually halfway between here and the airport. Oh, nice. Yeah. So well, whenever I have to go in for recurrent training every year, yeah. it's literally it's a short hop, minutes skipping to go and jump. in to go do a couple days worth of PowerPoint classrooms instruction. And depending on which simulator they send me to, we have a sim, couple sims here in Dallas now for the plane that I fly. It used to be we had to go up to St. Louis. Yeah. Or you had that to go was, to flight yeah. safety in Orlando, right? That was for a previous airline. Ah, that was my that's first right. airline. That was right. Okay. But yeah, Steph Flight Safety in Orlando, Pan Am up in Minneapolis. I had yeah. to do that one. Uh, and uh, Flight Safety in uh, St. Louis, where we did a whole bunch of stuff uh, for my airline here. And actually, my last airline, too. It's actually, it was two separate buildings. There's an old building, and then they had a new building. They expanded up there. So the new building is where we do the stuff now, or at least we did. But now we own several simulators instead of renting them. We can do our own flight training here in Dallas, and we don't have to send people halfway across the country, especially the instructors, because when you're doing all that stuff, you'd have guys who literally lived in the Drury Inn by Lambert Field. Oh. <laughs> it's like, I mean, they go up there for a month at a time. Oh, I remember the name of the company. It's Accenture. Okay. So Accenture is an Irish-based company. They're based in Dublin, right? Well, in order to work with a federal with the federal government of the U.S., you have to be a US, U.S. based company. You have to have some kind of facility, physical corporate presence here in the U.S. Correct. And from some countries that you can't do that, right? Like you yeah. can't even be associated with it. Like the government doesn't outsource its its uh, tier one support to, you know, India. They don't do that. Can't. <laughs> right there. All their guys are inside the skiff with you. But. They uh, uh, Accenture actually had to create a separate company called Accenture Federal Accenture Federal Services, and that's who ended up buying my company. And it was it was amazing. Like when as I was learning that, because we had to go through all the training for it, you know, to get certified and stuff like that. Well, um, we're reading about it, going, "Oh, damn!" So if I own Company A and I'm based in the UK, I, in order to be associated with the federal government of the United States, I would have to create company a dot two house it on CONUS. And yeah, well, I guess technically not CONUS cause I could do it on like Hawaii if I wanted to, or, you know, well, yeah, but on us soil, us soil in order to have my company associated with it. And just like you were saying with the airline stuff, you have to be a completely separate company in every single way even management yep so like the ceo of accenture doesn't have the power to ceo over accenture federal service they have a completely separate person the only thing that's allowed to go between them is what info money or labor and yeah money money capital capital that's it Hmm. not allowed to touch anything else just give me your money now, for the parent company, that's 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 kind of nice because you don't have to manage nothing. You just have a revenue stream coming in, and that's genius for the the the, the haulers like that, right? So American Eagle and American, 
right? Mm-hmm. American Eagle is just sending money to American. Yeah. And American has the infrastructure for or things actually, like... Actually, it's the other way around. It's the, the, They're paying the smaller company to fly for them. But how would the... Oh. oh. The American sells the ticket, and then they pay an American Eagle carrier to A actually operate the flight. to run it. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's, it's not okay, it's like called, it's, the, the, the business model is typically referred to as fee for departure. They get gotcha. paid a certain amount of money for each departure that they operate. And then you go and yeah, depending on how the deal is, some some of these American Eagle carriers are actually owned by American. And I think uh, there was one of the Delta Connection carriers, I believe it's Endeavor, is owned by Delta. And my former employer, which is sadly no longer with us, ExpressJet, used to be owned by United. Way back when it was Continental, actually. Yeah. So usually the way it'll work is if you're owned by that company, it's a lot easier to renegotiate contracts and other things like that because, okay, your company's management team is basically a bunch of yes-men for the big airline. Now, you have other carriers, say like SkyWest, Republic, Mesa, and a few various other airlines, some of them that are no longer around, that are completely independent companies. And usually the way it would work is the big mainline carrier would buy the airplanes and say, all right, I have a hundred of these kind of airplanes. I'm going to pay you to operate them. Name that tune. Yeah. It's always the lowest bidder. Oh, of course. Always the lowest bidder. So it was, I can name that tune in five notes. Well, this other carrier over here says I can name it in four notes. They're the one who's going to get the contract. And then Even Spirit. if naming it in four notes means they can't actually pay for, there's not enough notes to actually name that tune, <laughs> and they can't pay all their operating expenses. They're going to keep doing it, and eventually they're going to be like, all right, we're having to cancel flights because we don't have enough pilots or we don't have the parts to fix the airplane so we can't fly it or we don't have enough mechanics to get the thing out on time. It takes hours for somebody to drive in and get from another location, from another station to go fix this airplane here or this and that and the other thing. And eventually at the end of the contract, it was like, all right, well, yeah, you, we, we paid you to do this and you did a piss poor job. So guess what? We're taking the airplane back that the big uh, airline owns and we're giving them to another airline. Right. And we would see this is called the whipsaw. This is something that a lot of airline pilots have been through in the past 20 years is you're flying these airplanes for years and years at this company. And all of a sudden the contract ends and the big carrier you're partnered with takes away all your airplanes yep. and gives them another. It's like, oh, crap. So now we've got all these pilots and no planes to fly. And effectively, these, these nearly airlines are effectively just staffing companies. Yeah, really what they are. They don't own the airplanes. Now, a lot of them do. SkyWest and Republic, I believe, both control the leases on or, or own outright every airplane that they fly. Now, think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Think about what he said. There is a tremendous amount of aircraft out there that are not actually owned by the flyers that fly them. Yep. Even talking they're about They're not owned Delta by the company. Yeah, they're and, not operated by the company that sold you the ticket. Nope. The plane is owned in a lot of cases by the company that sold you the ticket. Well, that's what I'm saying. There is also leases at the big levels like American and Delta and all these guys. They lease them from Airbus and from Boeing or wherever they get them. Right. Because or Embraer, they cost $20 million per plane. And it's like, okay, you know, they finance everything, of course. Usually it's it's buying a car lease because it's an, yeah, it's, but it's an open-ended kind of financing deal. Whereas, okay, after eventually when the airplane gets old and worn out or we've paid off the lease or whatever, well, eventually it's leased to own. Because a lot of these companies, when the leases are done, they just 
they just keep the airplanes. Now they don't they have like this a, for years with a lot of uh, DC nines. They were still operating those for years. Oh, they yeah. paid off for 10, 15 years. Yep. Yep. So basically, okay, you're not servicing the financing or the debt on the airplane anymore. All you're doing is paying for fuel and maintenance. Yep. And so you've got this 30, 40 year old airplane that seems kind of creaky and, you know, whatever, but it's cheap to operate because you don't have to pay the, the lease payments anymore. So lease payment, when you say open, are the lease payments flexible? Like, I think they or- might be able to renegotiate stuff here and there. Again, the business side of it is not 100% uh, of what I know. Right. <laughs> there are certain stuff that a lot of stuff is that they never bother to actually tell us. A lot of these companies are not publicly traded, so they don't have to provide the sort of uh, shareholder disclosures that yeah. publicly trade. Oh, fuck, we're coming out of, we're out of time. I didn't Just even get for- to the whole point of what we're talking about here. I know, right? Well, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, to hear the rest of it, you're going to have to become a fucking shitlord. You've got to hear the rest of the story. Yes continue to go how do you become a shitlord you you uh go to the website you click on the shitlord logo you sign up and you go ahead and uh do the ten dollars a month thing and you get to hear the rest of it and see a bunch of other shit as a matter of fact during the break i have to run in here and fix the uh ability for people people that are currently ones to be able to see them um and i still don't actually know how to do that like when I did it on the channel the other day, it said, oh, yeah, anybody who's, you know, logged in or whatever can see this, but not because they're uh, a connected plan. Right. So, like, if you were paying for them, what I wanted to do is anybody who had done it before when we got rid of the other payment. Well, Patreon. Yeah. yeah. Once we got rid of Patreon, I wanted to kind of go away. Know, we still have Patreon.com slash Porch Factor. Yeah. The logo. Yep. <laughs> So now when I do it, you know, you can get paid for it, you know, the connected plans. So if you become a shitlord, boom, you're good, right? You're good. But the people that had already paid for it, I can't just like put them on it. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to find. And I'm waiting for a a response from their, their support folks on that one. So anyway, if you want to work on hooking y'all up, right. But (laughs) now if you're new and you want to be a shitlord, then yes, just go click on the shitlord logo and do the sign up and do the monies thing and then boom you'll be able to see it because that's what it's connected to right meow ladies and gentlemen it has been great talking to you as usual it is the porch factor at theporchfactor.com become a shitlord and rock on for the rest of the show i am ron i am drew and we will talk to some of you the good some of you in just a few. Love you, bye-bye. I wanna be your sad shadow.